Good evening from the bowels of the Horror Press estate, and welcome to a new episode of the Horror Press Podcast, a podcast brought to you by HorrorPress.com. My name is James Michael, and I'm the curator of all things Horror Press. As always, this show aims to bring you the latest horror news you may have missed or overlooked, a place to quickly cover the happenings of the horror world, whether that's studio announcements, movie releases, or box office numbers, as well as some light genre discussion. I'm joined by our favorite resident bad critic, Ellie, all the way from Canada. Hi, Ellie. Welcome to another episode of the Horror Press Podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. My apologies if I uh, sound like my voice has gone through um, a grinder. It's because I have been at Fantasia for a week and a half, and I am very tired. (laughs) How has that been going? It's been going great. Like, I love it. Um, I love meeting all kinds of people in line to get into the movie. I love um, just uh, all the different filmmakers that are there showing their work. Everything's so unique and um, the vibes are great. I just wish that like I was not getting home at like 1231 a.m. <laughs> every day. <laughs> I'm is it an old far lady. away from you, like the commute or is it nearby? No, no, no. It's like 20 minutes away from where I live. It's oh. very, very easy for me to get home. Um, it's just that like every screening – all the movies I want to see start at 10 p.m. So. Mm, yeah. Yeah. The late night ones are killers. I remember back in the day when they used to do midnight releases, and I was so up for that all the time. But then you get out of the theater at like 3 in the morning. I don't know if I'm up to that nowadays. Well, Fantasia used to have midnight screenings. They're just – they're not doing it this year, which I am I am grateful for because like like I saw Texas Chainsaw at – it was like 11.30 p.m. screening. Like it's it can be fun. I just – how was that on the big screen? Oh, uh, so fuck. It was great. It was great. It was the original? Yeah, it was a restoration. This was years and years and years ago when Toby uh, Hopper was uh, still alive. I remember so, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was it was fantastic. So, But yeah, no, I'm, I am an old lady and I am still doing the movie thing. Uh, it's great. And I'm excited for it to be over, but I'm also will be sad when it's over, so... Yeah. So before we get into like heavy discussions and Fantasia Fest and all that, have you watched anything outside of Fantasia Fest <laughs> that that you've enjoyed? Um, I did. Uh, I did see Barbie before the before the festival started because I felt like I needed to see something like opposite of horror <laughs> to like balance out. And did I did you like it? I, enjoyed, I saw it too. I enjoyed it so much. I've been singing. I've been having I have I'm just Ken playing on repeat in my head over and over again. That like um, little musical portion with Ken, like I was not expecting that. And no. That that like little dance singing sequence just like made the movie for me. Yeah, I just keep walking around the city going, I'm just Ken and I'm enough and yeah. I'm great at doing stuff. Such a good it's movie. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. How about, have you seen Oppenheimer? I did not go see Oppenheimer. And Me neither. To be honest, I'm not in a rush. All right. I heard there's there's like a backlog. Like if you want to see it in IMAX, like the proper way that he intended, like you won't be able to see it until like mid-August now. Like I'm the theaters are just sold out. I'm fine with that. I have no intention of seeing it, so. I mean, I love Killian Murphy, so... You know, the things that, that I've least. heard about it just seem so cringe. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna 
it's been a long time since I enjoyed a Christopher Nolan movie. Please don't um, at me in the DMs. But to be honest, it's been a really long time since I enjoyed a Christopher Nolan movie. And like this topic is so heavy. So again, I'll watch. I'm definitely going to watch it at some point. There's no way I'm not watching it. It's just. uh, I'll watch it the way he intended on my iPhone. (laughs) That's so shady. I don't know. I, I think you were you like attacked me last year on Twitter when what? I was like, I have no interest in seeing Oppenheimer. It's the most Christopher Nolan movie ever. And you were like, how so? And I was like, I don't know. The, the way they started promoting this movie over a year ago just like rubbed me the wrong way. Oh, it is true. It is the most Nolan movie, though. Yeah. Um, it just turned me off. And I was like, I have no interest in seeing a nuclear bomb movie. And then when I started seeing like the lines of like, I am become death or whatever, I was like, ugh. I think like this is a good example of a movie where it's like I can't tell if I'm annoyed by the movie or by the culture around it. Because like I was texting my friend about possibly going to see it with him, and he, and I was like, I'm just in, I, I'm just not in any rush to be in a room full of Nolan Bros. You know what I mean? Like I'll watch it on my own. I like watching the movie, even if I think I'm going to not like it or whatever, it's going to be magnificently created. I'm going to get something out of it. So, but I don't want to be in a room full of like snobby Nolan bros either. You know, same way. I don't want to be in a room full of Tarantino bros. Like, I don't know. Like I have trouble like associating him with snobbiness really only because in my mind, I cannot see him like outside of Batman. Ah, okay. Batman like just sullied him for me. So it's just it's the it's the prestige. I mean, it's literally in my bio on my Instagram page. It's like it's like no auteur theory. So like I don't get along with him. But you know, I'm still gonna watch it. Let me let's be real. You know, just yeah. I'm just not. It's just not on the eventually. Top of my list. Yeah, eventually. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I did watch that you may enjoy? What's that? I really liked Shark Exploitation, the shark documentary on Shutter. Oh, I would enjoy that. And I mean, um, I just put it on in the background while I was doing some edits, and it was just like nice. It felt light. I learned a lot. It was just a good time. I like horror documentaries, though, so I'll sit there and watch like a six-hour documentary on Friday the Thirteenth. I don't care. No, that's fun. Oh, I did. Yeah. Oh, here's something else that I watched that was also fun. I watched The Blackening, which I loved. I thought it was great. I have yet to see that, but I hear really good things about it. I had a great time watching it. It's like very campy. It's campy. It's a comedy. Um, but the actors were all great. I laughed multiple times. It was great. Yeah. I know what we both did watch, though. Yeah. You watched Talk to Me. Uh-huh. You saw it at Fantasia Fest. I saw it with the plebs. Well, it was the Canadian. Yeah, it was the Canadian premiere at the at the Fantasia Festival. The directors were there, and it was jam packed. It was sold out, and the crowd was bananas. Um, Yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised because honestly, I don't think the trailer did it justice when they first released it. Like I remember seeing the kangaroo, and I was like, "What the hell?" And um, I had no idea what the movie was really about other than the hand and there's like a seance maybe. Like I tried my best to stay like completely oblivious to the plot. And I was very pleasantly surprised by this movie. Well, I remember, so I've been following this movie since it premiered at Sundance, which you can go on the uh, Danny and Michael Phillip who have a very famous YouTube channel called Rocka Rocka. 
and they put out a video about premiering their movie at Sundance. And you can just see how crazy it was, just the buzz around the movie, even back then. And so all the film critics that I follow came out of that screening and being like, this is the horror movie of the year. And it's really fucked up. And when A24 dropped the trailer, they all said, like, this is a really good trailer because it doesn't really spoil what the movie is. It, it sets up, it's, it does a good job of showing the premise, but it doesn't tell you anything about the movie. So I went into it being, like, really open to what it was to what it was offering. Um, and I think I was expecting a lot more gore just from the way people were reacting to it. I thought it was going to be, like, very, very gory. Um, which it, it is. It's very... <laughs> very violent <laughs> but it's i was not, expecting like a like an orgy of blood yeah, by the end it's not you know? excessive it's very like it's very well done yeah yeah precise it, gore like precise, it had me yeah. squirming with I the would, gore that it did have yeah the whole being in the crowd especially being in a crowd of fantasia so if you don't if you haven't this is your first time listening to me talk about this festival basically it's a genre festival where everyone yells at the screen uh they'll applaud after like a desk uh, after certain gory kills like people are really like in it to experience the movie together um so um yeah with talk to me people were cringing screaming um it's very also very funny so there's like a lot of really funny moments that hit um and i and i can only imagine it's very rewarding for a film director to watch it watch the movie in a crowd like that you know so and the, the thing that i think they do so well is that i really fell for these characters yeah the only character i will say i wonder if you you feel the same ways for 90 percent of the movie i don't think we got to see the dad's face and i really just thought he was like some peripheral character like mm-hmm. the like the adults in cartoon shows where they really don't show you them Mm-hmm. And for for like the majority of the movie, I thought he was just like not there. Mm-hmm. But then you know at the end he just comes out of nowhere as like a, a an important character. But until then, I felt like he was an afterthought. Well, I think like I'm so the, I'm actually really excited to watch this movie again. And and uh, and I was very I was very honored also that you like um, that you put out the review that I wrote for this because I think trying to write about this movie without spoiling anything for people was, was a bit of a challenge. Um, So I think like, but I am excited to watch this movie in a quiet space on my own where I can really um, be absorbed into it. Um, And to pick up on a lot of the thing, knowing where it's going, I'm excited to rewatch it again and pick up on a lot of the different things because they're very intentional with who they show they're very intentional with what colors they use um and so i'm excited to go back and watch all those things yeah i'm, I'm definitely up for a rewatch but uh i needed a pla- like a palette cleanser hey, you text me you're like i'm gonna do a, a, cha- a chaser of martyrs after this i was like <laughs> okay bro come on now it's not as bad as martyrs That's- let me flex a little okay <laughs> No, it, it's it's very heavy towards yeah. the end, but I think it was it's a very well made. It has surgical precision gore. It's not yeah. a splatterfest, but what they put in there is just so well done and precise. 
that it just I don't know it it just it hurts it punches it hurts. you in the gut yeah. yeah it's it's painful yeah I definitely recommend everyone see it I'm excited for this movie but I know it, there's going to be people that that also will not like it because it's too much or because they're they I, had I I think they're gonna in, expect it to be like fucking The Conjuring or or yeah. like Brooklyn Forty Five where they they want more supernatural and i think mm. you know it's an a24 movie at the end of the day i think the true horror is like the familiar trauma and all that i mean all a24 did was buy it after they made the movie so like it's it's on brand but like um you know this is all them they actually in the q a after the screening they talked a bit about how they walked away from some big studio financing because um just over some creep because they wanted them to be less Australian. The characters to be less Australian was some, some vibes that they were getting from like bigger financiers and to have more recognizable actors in it to have bigger names. And they, so they, they opted for less money and more DIY stuff just to like make it. However they saw it. Like these are the most Australian dudes you've ever met. Like I can't imagine like being less Australian somehow. For the first 10 minutes of the movie, I was like, is Lord in this? <laughs> Did Isn't you get that New impression Zealand? too? Isn't she from New Zealand? Is she? Uh-oh. Don't mix that up. That's like mixing up Canada and the US. I was very surprised to see Aunt Zelda from Sabrina in there. True. Yeah, she's from New... Lord's from New Zealand. So oh, take it back immediately. It's not, it wasn't Lord. I didn't see her. <laughs> Yeah, all the actors were good. I thought all the kids were really good. Um, and it, a lot of it came from, like, sort of personal stuff. Like, they talked a lot about how, like, they, their own... A lot of the characters were based on... They borrowed a lot of stuff from people that they know to put into different characters. And, uh, um, and just, like, the level of trauma that these kids deal with is, like, something that they're familiar with. So it's very... Uh, it's a very sincere movie, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go if you don't like to see kangaroos in the middle of the road. Splattered. Sure. Okay. That's There's the only a... that's the only like warning I'll give anyone. Way worse things happen in this movie than that. <laughs> well, I know people that will straight up not watch a movie if anything bad happens to an animal. Well, that's fair. So, kangaroo warning. It was very well done too. The kangaroo mm -hmm. to me looked real. Mhm. Mm didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't it, it I didn't really pick up on any CG. I wasn't. Um, I'll, I'll say this. The movie was so engrossing that I wasn't uh, really nitpicking how it looked. I, I just didn't have the space or energy to to nitpick anything about it. So maybe on rewatches, I'll pick up more stuff. But um, maybe. Yeah. Next bit of news is actually that Saw 10 released their trailer. Have you had a chance to watch it yet? I did watch it. It looks fucked up. It does. And I know a lot of people are complaining about, I guess, the premise, but who cares? Like, it, it goes back in time, even though John Kramer still looks like he's 85 years old. Listen, if your problem with Saw 10 is that... It doesn't make sense. 
uh, you know <laughs> i'm sorry that issue was like seven movies ago <laughs> did you see saw three that movie did not make sense honestly i don't none of the saw movies to me are like separate entities they are just like one continuous full of traps and that's it like i don't really know the story other than the traps they need to introduce like quantum time warps at some point, I think, just to explain how like so many of these movies are apparently occurring at the same time. And why do they even need a premise? Like, why not every movie start off with a random group of people waking up in a warehouse? In That's traps? what they are. That's what they are. I remember like there was a saw, maybe it was like Saw 3D, where there's like a big statue or something of John Kramer. Was that or was that just promotional material? I think that was promotional. I've well, kept up with all the Saw movies, but I could honestly, I uh, honestly, I could not tell you how they are different. I think I've seen them all in theaters, but honestly, I I just tune out the story. It's just, it's whatever. But this one finds John Kramer going to Mexico to get some kind of experimental treatment for his cancer. It turns out he was scammed. There was none. So he goes back to Mexico again to, I guess, wreak havoc on the medical team, mm-hmm. which is fine. Like, cool. I'm fine with it. They show a lot in the tra- the trailers, like very gory. And I enjoyed that immensely. Like the promotional material shows this weird, like eye thing where apparently if the guy doesn't do what he needs to do, his eyes get sucked out. Sick. Yeah. And then there's I mean, like a, a brain thing surgery contraption where the guy's like getting his fingers broken or something if he doesn't cut out a chunk of his own brain. I mean, like, okay, so, so the Saw movies are not really my, I'm not like a Saw fan, uh, but I feel like with the promotion, they know who their audience is and they're not trying to be anything else, you know. It's fine. I, I of course I'm going to see it. Of course. <laughs> Is there any like favorite saw trap or trap that just sticks out to you out of all of them? That I you've just seen over the years. No, I mean, like I love the fir- I love the first movie. I think the first movie is really good. Um, I just have had like a very weird relationship with this franchise. It just intersects in weird ways in my life. One of the worst jobs I ever had um, was involving subtitle putting subtitles on DVDs, and. Uh, and nobody ever wanted to do the horror movies. So I saw like multiple Saw movies as they were coming out on DVD through like just doing like still image checks to make sure that the subtitles were in the right space, um, which was an interesting way of doing it. Because again, people don't really want to watch uh, horror movies for their work. What does that job like look like? Are you just sitting there watching the movie and just typing it away or... Oh, it's too boring to get into, honestly. It cannot be boring. It cannot be boring. No, no, no. Because it's like... Were you translating too or... No, 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 no. It's literally a picture check. So you're making sure that the subtitle doesn't um, clash with any on-screen text. So you're just watching the first and last frame that each of each subtitle to make sure that it doesn't clash with anything on screen. Oh, that sounds it's like called it a, get it's really called a dull. line check. And I'm pretty sure that job doesn't even exist by a person anymore. So You think it's just generated by like AI or something? I mean, the place that I work at, they shipped everything overseas to Bangladesh. So to uh, Bangalore. So, um, well, I'm the type of person that if I can, I will have 
subtitles on captions whatever i can no <laughs> matter what i also uh i also went whack when i was still um when I first started trying to do online dating, which is something I've long abandoned, um, I found a profile of a guy who was like really into saw cosplay and he had like built his own sort of like uh, jigsaw puppet. Like it was very intricate and that was like clearly his thing. And I was like, no, absolutely. not." (laughs) Any other franchise I'd be like, Oh, cool. Like, show me but i feel that like, i'm like uh maybe no. maybe if it was like a group event to visit like a group date but i mean listen i think now if i encountered him i just i'd ask him a lot of questions i'd just be like very curious because i feel like it's like if you're that confident that you're just letting like that's your thing you're letting it fly so good for you um but like i'm not meeting you <laughs> so yeah um yeah. that's my experience with saw to me, like, of course, other than the needle pit, for whatever oh, reason, I still cringe when I think I, about that. I one. do too. The car seat where they're like super glued in like booty <gasps> shorts. I don't remember exactly the trap, but it was like their skin was just like stuck to the plastic car seat. I do. I did like the one where um, they have to put their hand in the thing. And it cut and like let out an, um, enough blood and they realize that like if they hadn't like if if they tried to save like other people that started off in all the traps with them that they would only have to like cut their hand a little bit but because they like let everyone else die they have to like slice open their arm Ugh. i think that was like 5 or 6 that one was good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay moving on <laughs> moving on oh also before we forget apparently as part of their like promotional material there's a hotline that you can call did you call it i did and you basically just like have a conversation with John Kramer, Ooh. very one sided conversation. And I yeah. think like I read somewhere that if you stay on the phone long enough, I don't have the patience for it. So after like 10 seconds, I hung up. Um, he'll send you a link that will take you to like some image of, I think, um, some promo material, basically, like they'll text you. Oh, fun. Um, so if anyone's interested, the phone number is 310 310- Five six four eight one four four. Our next bit of news is the fact that Five Nights at Freddy's got its rating, and it's going to be PG thirteen. And apparently, it got that rating for strong, violent content, bloody images, and language. I mean, I'm not surprised by this rating. It's a kid's game to begin with. And, uh, you know, Blumhouse probably wants to pack that theater with, like, all the kids that are into the game. I mean, when was the last time Blumhouse got an R rating, even? I feel like they're just, like, the masters of, like, making horror. Did Blackphone get an R rating? Oh, it might have. I think that's the... Yeah, because Megan got PG-13. Yeah, of course. And I I want to say Black Phone was the most recent horror movie before Megan from Blumhouse, right? Um, because it feels like that came out the summer before Megan. Black Phone I mean, came, yeah. Megan oh, came was... out in February, and and Black Phone came out in uh, last summer. Yeah, yeah. Black Phone was rated R. Um, yeah, which makes sense. It's fucking. I think it, I think the Nun may even be getting 
a PG thirteen. What did ins- I still haven't seen the new Insidious movie either. Me neither. Um. Anyway, okay, we won't. We'll, we're not gonna keep. Yeah, the nun was rated R too. All right, okay. Really? I take it back. I take it back. I take it back. Blumhouse is rigged. Is the nun even Blumhouse? That might be. I'm assuming. Because the nun falls into the Conjuring universe. Yeah, so I'm assuming it has to be Blumhouse. It's Blumhouse. So. Did you see the original nun? I honest, I don't remember. Well, I have like this huge boner for nuns. I. I grew up in Catholic school. We had sisters and anything Same. like sacrilegious towards nuns. Just instantly, I'm there. I love it. Nunsploitation, I'm there for it. So I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I enjoy a good movie that takes place in a convent. I just like I the conjure. I don't really I can I can never really get into a movie where like the good guys are the Catholic Church. So like I like the conjure movies I have fun with, but the resolution is always like a priest says a prayer. And I'm like, y'all that shit's whack. I'm not, I'm not getting into that. I'm not, I'm not here for it. <laughs> well, the good thing is that the nun, you know, I like that. It kind of makes the nun, the true villain. <laughs> sure. Sure. That, that Let's is nice. make the nun evil because 90% of them are evil already. <laughs> exactly. So do you have any crazy nun stories? Oh, uh, none that I'm going to tell here. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, the fact that I went to Catholic school in my life and there were consistently like nuns everywhere. Mm-hmm. I had lots of interactions <laughs> with nuns that I, I feel like are only prove that they're fucking evil. Yeah, I had like I was in Catholic. I mean, Quebec is in a very, very Catholic province. A lot of the settlement was from catholics so um every institution at some point was a catholic institution um hospitals schools universities so i went to i went to a catholic school but i didn't have uh i didn't really have any nuns that were that were teachers there but like it was still very catholic so yeah yeah maybe we can kind of segue a little to like the exorcist believer because i think that trailer came out very recently have you seen that Oh, I saw everyone freaking out on Twitter, but I haven't watched the trailer yet because I'll probably just go in cold for it. You're not missing out on much. I've, it feels so by the numbers. Um, the only thing unique about it, I think, is the fact that it's two girls mm-hmm. this time. And I think that's mm-hmm. about it. I don't know if Pazuzu is even a factor in this movie. Well, I mean, we've had a pretty light year so far for horror, so I'm glad to see all these trailers coming out. Maybe I hopefully like um, hopefully October will be stacked, you know. So let's get into some Fantasia Fest. Yes. All right. So. What I love the most about Fantasia Fest is that it literally decides like the trajectory of horror for the rest of the year and what's to come the following year as well. So many movies I remember hearing about at Fantasia Fest, having no idea about them, only to see them grow to become like huge movies later on in the year. Yeah, for like literally up to like 18 months after the festival, I would say. Like Now, I know you're halfway through the festival. 
would you say you've watched anything that really stands out to you that you think we'll still be talking about a year from now? Yeah. So obviously the big headliner was, was talk to me for me. That's the movie I was the most looking forward to seeing. It did not disappoint. I think it's going to be on a lot of people's best of the year lists. Um, what surprised me that I have seen recently was this movie called Femme that comes out of the, uh, came out of the UK. Um, it was uh, it, that and talk to me are my two favorite things I've seen so far. Um, two horror things I've seen so far. Um, the story follows um, a drag queen in uh, East London who. Um, has like is attacked like suffers a hate crime and it's his sort of revenge journey uh or his journey to seek a kind of revenge um against the person who attacked him and it is it is so tense and icky it plays with your allegiances in really disturbing ways that are very very human um and obviously a million billion kajillion trigger warnings for everything you could possibly imagine um both actors that were involved in it uh were so good um and it came from a real place the director himself grew up in east london and he said you know he's dealt with a lot of this kind of hate crime himself with kids that he went to school with um and uh and a lot of the crew brought their own experiences with like being queer in public and being visibly queer in a kind of rough neighborhood um, to the way that their characters talked and interacted with each other. So um, the, it's a very intimate movie. The camera is almost like uh, a secret. Uh, the camera almost makes you like a, uh, like a, a secret voyeur, the way that it moves around. Um I don't know. By far, one of the definitely one of the highlights that I've seen so far. Based off that description, I'm getting like irreversible vibes. Um, it's not as it's not um exploitative in the way that uh irreversible vibes. There's not there's and there's no on screen sexual violence, but it definitely um the there's like this ever-present threat of like gay bashing throughout the movie that makes it incredibly uncomfortable to watch um in a way that's dealt with in a very human realistic way i think so what about the adams family so that's the other thing that i loved um was the adams family came out with their new movie called where the devil roams and I think, like, people who loved Hellbender, you're going to be split on this movie, okay? I saw so many people walking out of the theater, honestly. Really? Yeah, it's really slow, and it's very meandering, but I personally loved it. I thought they, it's a, um, it's like a, a setup of um, these really intricate, beautiful tableaus, um, they built a period piece on like no money at all. Um, and the way that they make filmmaking, the way that they make films is kind of like, they just find a story as they go. So you're not, um, going into this movie, you're not watching like a typical, like first act, middle act conclusion, you know, you're watching sort of like a unique set of, um, 
sequences uh, is the best way to describe it. Um, I love how they perform on screen. I love how they interact with each other. Um, and they've said multiple times, they said in the QA, Q&A afterwards, that like they just want to have fun. They, like It's fun to make these movies. They're not really pressed about um, conforming it to certain industry standards. So they're kind of just vibing it out. And I really loved it for that. And I think um, when this movie hits, it hits really hard. And it really... Um, moved me by the end I felt like I was very emotionally uh invested in what this storyline was about if you had to sum up the plot in like a sentence no (laughs) (laughs) it's about it's about a a family uh sort of a carnival act that's like traveling through post-world war one I think um America uh, like the Ozarks um and they kind of do a lot of crimes and they're kind of weird and there's a bit of magic and uh the, yeah is it still like all in the family yep yeah mm, it's uh cool. it's a toby and john and zelda on screen um and basically they said whoever wasn't on screen was behind the camera um and they had a few like the, their daughter the lulu was also helping out like building sets which they built in their backyard so like you're really watching like like a like the coolest family you could imagine's like vacation photos basically <laughs> is kind of how it feels like you know and the soundtrack is sick like they're also all musicians so if you love metal like the soundtrack is like fucking rocks so well yeah. i know i'm looking forward to it after hellbender I'm just deeply interested in whatever they're up to. Yeah. And I'm willing to give it a shot. I hope Shudder oh. picks them up. I hope. We'll see. I hope so too. I mean. Because that's how um, I got to see Hellbender. I feel like you would be wild if they didn't. Just based on people's interest. I met someone I met someone yesterday who came to the festival up from the States just to see the, the world premiere of the new Adams Family movie. Because he had made friends with them along the festival circuit during Hellbender. So he like traveled to see the movie and um, um, I just appreciate that this art exists, you know, like I think like, so, okay. So there's definitely more of a storyline than skin and Marink. Let's I'll just say that. Well, that's like the bare minimum. Yeah. So aside from that, I mean, I've got, I'm literally, I'm at the halfway mark of this festival. So some other things that are on my schedule, I've got on Saturday. I'm it's suitable flesh, which is uh, Joe Lynch's movie is coming up. I'm excited to see that tomorrow. There's a documentary about um, Michelle remembers and the whole Satanic Panic movie called Satan Ooh. Wants You. I am so excited to see that movie. Um, and a couple just great. I haven't seen a lot of like insane horror movies. I've seen a lot of like horror adjacent stuff. So I've got a movie called Perpetrator that I'm really excited about. Um, it lives inside. I'm really excited about, um, Romy. I'm really excited about, um, yeah. And I'm going to be writing at least one, probably two more articles about for, uh, for, for horror press. So, um, stay tuned. And for our last bit of news, and I don't know if this would really affect you because I don't really know Canada pricing, but there have been 
rumbles on the internet, or at least on Reddit, that Shutter is increasing their price for their mm. monthly subscription. Um, I have an annual subscription, so I haven't gotten any email yet. Um, I think only people that have a monthly subscription have reported that they've gotten an email. Um, apparently, they're raising their price by like $1 or $2, mm-hmm. which is really surprising to me considering what's going on with Shutter right now. Um, mm-hmm. and AMC plus, you know, why raise the price now when it feels like they're doing everything in their power to like cut back on employees, content. And on top of that, it's a service that still has their, their streams are still 720p. I mean, look, this is the pattern that we're seeing with all streamers, which is like cut back on costs raise prices so you can maximize your profits for the quarter. The long-term viability of a lot of streaming platforms, I think, is very questionable at this point. Um, and I think we're in a period where people are just trying to squeeze squeeze as much profit as they can out of content before um, a new... Uh, before actors and writers get what they are rightfully owed, which is like residuals for the way that their content is viewed. And let me tell you, I I love Shudder. I really oh, I do. think it's a, an absolutely great service. I love Shudder, and they I I believe that they deserve the extra one or two dollars. My thing is, in a period where you're cutting back, mm-hmm. you're giving a 720p. Mm-hmm. I don't even have like a. A console app i have to like plug in my apple tv to even watch shutter or watch it on mm-hmm. my mac um it feels weird especially when well, they're pushing for amc plus and for amc plus i think it's a similar price and you get bbc sundance ifc and shutter i'm i i don't know specifically if i've actually asked both AMC and SAG, if if AMC is part of the AMPTP, which is the sort of big nego- conglomerate of of studios that are um, being struck by SAG and, and the WGA, I've asked specifically. I don't know if they are. They might not be. I kind of think that they are because they're a streaming service. But um, you're gonna see over the next year a lot of weird shit like this where. Increasing prices, not adding any value, coupled with layoffs, because um, now that they've cornered the market on streaming services and everyone is relying on streaming services, investors want to squeeze as much money out of it as they can. Yeah, and so there's going to be a lot of weird stuff. I'm the I'm the person that has everything. Um, mm-hmm. I maybe two months ago canceled my Netflix just because I can't stomach paying. $14 a month and I'm barely using it. Mm-hmm. But I, like I have my Max, HBO Max, mm-hmm. I have Peacock, I have Paramount Plus, I have Shutter, I have Screenbox. I'm sure I have everything else. I'm forgetting something. Mm-hmm. And it's like why would I have Shutter when I could have AMC Plus? Right? Like it doesn't Well, make and they sense might I me. mean they might be trying to move people over to it, right? They might be trying to move people over to one thing that they can so that they can, you know, they just have one thing to manage. I, I don't know, man. It's a bit of a mystery to me. I've been following, I've been following the industry specifically because of the strikes for the last uh, three months now, 
and uh, there's some wild shit, man. I don't the the strategy is real fucking weird. I Did would you just, see uh, that I'll they say. cut the like entry like garbage tier Netflix as well? At least in America, yeah. they got rid of like their I don't know if it was six ninety nine with ads after saying that it was like their best performing plan ever, and now they're getting rid of it. <laughs> Okay, let me tell you something about Netflix, okay? And this is just between you and me, okay? <laughs> Everyone who's listening, block your ears. So um, I had my credit card um, duplicated, like frauded, way back in the winter time. So my bank called me and they canceled the credit card and gave me a new credit card right away. I never updated my credit card on my Netflix account because I'd been kind of meaning it to cancel it in a, for anyway. So I just ne- didn't update my new credit card. Now... Let me just preface this by saying nobody on strike is calling for consumer boycott. So no one is calling for you to cancel your subscriptions in solidarity. That's not what they want. They want you to spread the information about the strike. But let me just say, I still have access to Netflix. And How? Me, they will shut me. I'll like... t- let me tell you. Let me tell you. Because my brother-in-law, I share my account with my family. And my brother-in-law figured out that they have not updated their something in their security certificate. To like recognize that the car that they have on file is not being charged. That's so weird. So I still have access to Netflix and I'm not paying for it. Nobody I know is paying for it. Is there anything on Netflix that you you actually like watch? Because I find there to be nothing. I think the most recent thing was Black Mirror. I probably won't sign I up again. Black, Black until Mirror was the last thing I watched. Stranger Things probably will be the next time I sign up for it. I doubt they can get me for anything else. I mean, I didn't really care about Bird Box Barcelona. I'm just no, not turned I watched, on by them. I watched Black Mirror. I watched I Think You Should Leave. And I um, watched uh, the Murdoch uh, Murders documentary. That's pretty much it. All right. I've been doing so well with just like Peacock and Paramount Plus and HBO Max and Shudder and Screenbox. But I mean, this is the thing. They're all owned by... It's all the same people, right? It's... Um, it's going to be, I'm just telling you y'all, it's, it's going to get real fucking weird. And the crazy thing is that I basically pay probably just as much, if not more on streaming services yes. than I do cable. Well, okay. They figured out how to, they figured out how to extract the all that cable money. money from you without having to pay it to their creators. I mean, originally it was just Netflix, Netflix and Wi-Fi, And I was good. Mm-hmm. But then they rolled out everything else and took it away from Netflix. Further diluted. Well, the I mean, it makes bond. sense for them to do because then they Disney becomes the the producer and the distributor. They don't have to pay, give a cut to somebody else, right? They own their own distribution at this point. So it makes sense for all of these big studio heads to have their own streaming platform because they don't have to cut anybody in on a distribution. The problem is that they're not passing on all these subscription fees that they're getting to get access to this content to their creators. What a but they're gonna, they're gonna do it. It's just a matter of how hard headed they are. So that wraps up episode eight of our podcast. It's been a nightmare. Don't be afraid to reach out and let us know what you think on social media and be sure to leave us a review on your podcast app of choice. Uh, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you, Ellie? Yes, you can find me on Instagram at Bad Critic with an underscore afterwards. I also have a Twitter handle, but uh, JM really doesn't like it, so don't bother there. <laughs> um, <laughs> right now on my Instagram, I have just put out a very lengthy 
research about a certain movie star we're not going to name on this um, podcast. But I also have put out, if you're interested in knowing more about the ongoing strikes in Hollywood and how you can help support the strikers, um, I put out a very uh, in-depth slideshow on my Instagram about the ongoing uh, SAG strike. So come hang out with me there. Um, I'm going to go back to doing movie stuff as soon as Fantasia is over and I sleep. Uh, once I have slept, it will be back to content as usual. Yeah, definitely check that out. Um, Harper's definitely 100% stands with the writers, the actors, all of them. Um, they deserve to be treated fairly. So check that if, out and, inf- and inform yeah. yourself. And without their content, we wouldn't even be here. So, you know, this is a great time to uh, support all these working, all these working people. It's crazy seeing on Twitter, these people showing their royalty checks that are mm-hmm. literally zero. Zero dollars. Zero. Yep. Yeah. And I'm, I'm grateful that they're, that they're talking about it so openly and sharing it. So, yeah. yeah. Well, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter and now threads as well at horror press LLC. And don't forget yeah. TikTok at horror press. Uh, we have, we also have a growing Facebook page and group. Uh, we are very close to hitting 70. Please follow us. So be sure to get us there as well. Uh, we look forward to seeing you soon for the next episode of the horror press podcast. See you. Bye.